Every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world, reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. Selena Strong is the founder of Selena Strong Fitness, and she has over 15 years of exercise and fascial stretch therapy experience, and she has never stopped learning and improving. This is a mentality that she tries to pass on to every client she meets. Fitness is life. Selena is also a sponsored fitness competitor and fitness model. She has worked with a wide range of clientele from folks who survived severe auto collisions to stroke patients with neurological issues. As an assistant trainer, she has worked with many athletes, including the Windsor Spitfires and the Guelph Storm. Selena's message to you is this. The journey is continuous and is oftentimes an uphill battle. Understanding that improvement and growth is a constant process and is not limited to the physical but also includes the mental and emotional process of real lasting change. To want to be fit or to want to be healthy or to simply just be better is something that, by its very nature, serves as a challenge, a call to battle, and is never won alone. So if you accept this challenge and you want to be better, you want to be stronger, I can't wait to meet you. Okay, Selena, where do you hail from? Where in rural or remote Canada are you? <laughs> well, I started out um, in Oakville, um, recently moved to Woodstock, been here for the last four, four and a half years now, um, and enjoying getting to know the community and getting involved in the community. It's been good. So you are a fitness professional. How did your 
maybe both professional and personal life lead you to following that path? I guess I've always been into fitness. Mom put us in activities really early. She said, she always said, take care of your body first. So she made sure we ate properly. She never let us have lots of sweets. Um, She home cooked like everything. And uh, we started with swimming lessons and then it just continued from there, (laughs) right? Getting into sports. I guess I should also say my background is criminology, and I started out um, in policing, um, which was interesting after university, and I always worked out even then, Uh, but with downsizing and things, I got, well, first, last hired was first downsized, I guess you should say, so I continued with the fitness route, and um, it's a lot less stressful. And took me on the the other love of mine, right? I love the law and, um, you know, enforcement, but I also love um, fitness. So here we are, 15 years later. (laughs) 15 years, 15 years in the fitness industry. So so let me back up for a second. So law enforcement, I mean, were you a police officer? No, no, no. I was supporting staff. So everything that went into briefs and things that had to be done properly to go to court was my forte, right? Just making sure the court briefs were perfect so that nothing got sent back and those people went to jail. <laughs> yes. Wow. What if, okay, so that's pretty rewarding. That's a pretty rewarding yeah. career. 15 years as a fitness professional, a lot has changed. How do you, how do you keep up with that? I mean, it's changing all the time. It is changing all the time. Um, I think because I grew up kind of being fit and into fitness, the the basics always made sense to me. So then following through on the, the base level, right? Not getting into the fancy new trendy stuff, sticking to the stuff that's tried, tested over years and years of time, right? And not going off on the little trendy things, but sticking to what works for the human body, male and female, right? Um, The basics of, you know, kinetic evolving bodies, right? Not the, um, the trendy fun stuff, but the kinetically correct stuff. So you have been a fitness model. What was that experience like? It's an extreme sport, <laughs> put it that way. It's not normal. Um, it's not for everybody. And I guess I might have a bit of an extreme personality, a little bit, right? I'm all or nothing. I eat all of the chocolate or none of the chocolate. So, <laughs> so the fitness, yes, that was extreme but fun. I would like to do another one eventually. Um, the last one was six years ago now. It's hardcore, and I, it's, it, I guess they, it looks like the epitome of fitness, but I wouldn't call it healthy, you know? It's, it's an extreme sport, so you're pushing your body to the limit, and you're, you're extremely lean. I was 13% in my last competition, which is lean enough so you still have a period. Not so lean that it stops, but some of those girls are so lean that you know, your period stops, which means you're dangerously lean, right? It's not, it's not the uh, normal side of sport. It's definitely an extreme sport, but I love to push myself and see what I'm able to do, right? Um, so that's why I enjoy doing it, but 
I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I Now, it's interesting because I did have a guest on, a student who was studying that about extreme sports, varsity sports, where women in particular, women athletes are encouraged mm-hmm. to train so much that it was normal that they wouldn't have a period. And that mm-hmm. is terrifying. It, it, unhealthy, you know, unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Your body's telling you that you're so thin that you might die if you have a period. Yeah. It's protecting your body, right? It's, it's not a healthy thing to do for sure. And for long-term is even worse, right? We've seen a lot of changes uh, and you must've seen in 15 years, the way that we view women, meaning, so you're a fitness model and, and and a competitor and we are moving towards more of a inclusive fitness. I want to say culture. Are you, do you see that? Are, are you encouraged by that? Yeah, I'm getting a lot more clients or people of interest who want to start training who are saying, I just want to feel better instead of I want to look better. And I always try to reward that answer. Like, I'm so proud of you for realizing that already. Like that you, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a wellness. It's not just look better. You can look great and be horribly unhealthy on the inside, you know? So I'm, you know, I try to reward them when they say that. And I feel like that's a lot more common now that they'll literally call me and say, I just want to feel better. I want to be better, you know, which is much better than just saying, I have a wedding. I want to look hot. Oh, we're going on a trip. I want to look skinny. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's totally evolved away from that and more into wellness, health, right? That holistic view, not just the, the, you know, the hit it and quit it, quick fix, fixes nothing mentality. And when you talk about mentality, you encourage, you know, the whole thing, like the mind, body, spirit, all of that, right? How do you do that? Yes. It helps when they're already in that mindset. That's, that makes it much easier if they're already there. Um, But if they're not, getting them there. So even in a consultation, right, you're talking to someone and it's an intimate conversation. It's, it's different than like an interview, I guess. It's like, they're coming to me because they're already vulnerable. Things have already happened in their lives, right? Like things that you don't know about. So you really try to tap into the hard stuff. So it's not just, hi, so why do you want to lose weight? (laughs) You know, you have to say like, what brought you to me, someone you don't know (laughs) today, you know, and then you get all kinds of things. Sometimes people cry, like it's an intimate conversation, but you want to get into the real reasons, not those frilly reasons, like the real reason why you're here. And then you build on that, right? Like, so you're unhappy with your life. You want to leave your husband, (laughs) you know, like things that are hard, things that are real just talk about how it starts with changing your mentality, right? Like mental resilience. You have to make yourself mentally more resilient from the inside, right? Learning that you're able to do things, you know, learning that being sweaty and grunting isn't a bad thing. Like, (laughs) 
you know, it's, it's your growth. It's you doing something hard, you know, and feeling it like inside and out and then learning from that challenge, you know, whether you fail on that set and we come back next time we do it again and you do it that time or you fail again, literally building new pathways in your brain of mental resilience is how you change your life. And it starts from within. So having those real conversations before they even go to the gym. I think it's really hard to be vulnerable, but we're living in a time where people are willing to be more vulnerable, perhaps. And that must be so rewarding to you. I think you're right. I think it's more acceptable to not be perfect, <laughs> right? To actually have feelings, you know, and to um, actually realize that you're only human, you know, that persona, you know, is just a persona that's your work personality or your your friend personality. It's like, you know, your intimate, real personality, like what what drives you and what hurts you, all of those things. Absolutely. I think um, it's more acceptable to realize that mental health and emotional well-being is and should be at the forefront. Well, and I think our, our mental um, capacity and our mental wellness is directly related to fitness, right? It takes 30 days to make something happen, right? Consistently doing it over and over again. And then within 60 days, you're starting to create literally new pathways or improving pathways in the brain. Um, so yes, they always say that fitness and just movement in general, it doesn't have to be in the gym. It can be taking a walk. It can be drinking more water every day, right? Even that helps build new pathways and increase the amount of pathways in the brain, building a more resilient, stronger, healthier, happier brain. Absolutely. Fitness in the fitness industry was one of the hardest hit by the pandemic. So how did you manage that shift in the world? I think because I, I'm not a big gym, <laughs> you know, it's me and my little studio now. Um, so you have that intimate relationship. So I was able to go to people's homes, which I didn't really think I would ever do, but then whatever, now you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but it really worked out because a lot of my clients are either new moms or they work from home, you know, 35, 45, 50, you know, they've, they've got their jobs and got their routines and they don't necessarily like the gym. And I think what helped me too was that was a shift too. Like people were kind of not comfortable in the gym anymore and the gyms were closed anyways. And then they weren't even sure if they wanted to go back. I think people just had kind of a a new awakening to the germs of the body, right? And just kind of moved away from the gym and they were totally fine to move into a home base, right? The ones that could afford it just built a gym in their basement and the ones that couldn't just got a mat and, you know, some resistance bands and we we went to town on that. And then my fascia stretch therapy too, I just bought a table that was mobile with aluminum legs so I could lift it up and down stairs and then um, just started doing in-home personal training and uh, exercise therapy, and then my fascia stretch therapy. So it kind, of, it kind of evolved the business, right? Because a lot of those moms are like, this is way better. I don't know if I want to go back to the gym now. <laughs> I don't know. What, I think I like you coming to me. I don't have to go anywhere. Online too. So I wasn't really comfortable doing workouts online. It seemed so impersonal, but we had to do what we had to do. So we started going online and that worked out really well too. We kind of created a little 
community online where we just support each other. Like, how are you doing today? I ate a whole bag of chocolate. And then it worked out, right? So just making sure everyone knew like, oh my God, me too. But mine was ice cream. You know, like everyone was kind of just having these mental breakdowns by themselves. And then we were kind of able to put each other back together. Like, it's fine. Like, this is not an ideal situation. This is not fun for anybody. You know, we're all falling off wagons right now and maybe being rolled over by the wagon too, but Mm. we're coming back. That's a really good analogy. I love that. (laughs) Uh, You, you mentioned it a little bit, um, fascial stretch therapy. Can you explain what that is? Your fascia is deep muscle tissue. It's connected to your body neurologically. Um, so those commercials that you hear, I don't know if they still have them, but they would say the, the physical ramifications of depression. Okay? You mm. feel pain, right? Um, that's your fascia. That's the, the muscular response of stress on the body. It's housed in the fascia, and the fascia, because it's neuromuscularly connected, has memory. So it holds onto stress for years and it culminates, right? And it spreads throughout the body. And because the tissue is deep and goes even as deep as your organs, it can cause things that you wouldn't believe like IBS, you know, um, you know, all kinds of digestive issues. Um, it can lead to fibromyalgia. Um, it can lead to all kinds of autoimmune diseases um, just because it's your body internally holding on to stress over years and turning into chronic pain or chronic dysfunction of any kind, really. Um, so fascia, because it's neuromuscular connected, think of it like a spider web. Okay? And it's a new spider web, Charlotte's web in the sunlight, brand new, dewy, and the sun hits it and you see it shine. Think of that like the fascial electrodes running through it, Right. Um, that neuromuscular connection, right? Literally going everywhere. Um, That's healthy fascia, okay? So it should just fire and be smooth and recoil and shiny and dewy, right? And move with the wind when something lands in it. It recoils so nicely, right? When it's healthy. If it's unhealthy fascia, think of it like an abandoned building, <laughs> a horror, a horror movie, right? Big, thick cobwebs, things land in it and it just falls apart. The wind hits it, it falls apart, right? It's full of dust. It's, it's not dewy. It's not elastic. It just breaks. Um, that's unhealthy fascia. And that builds over time. That builds over years and years of stress without paying attention to it, right? Um, but with fascial stretch therapy, um, because it's, smooth and it doesn't cause pain it allows your body to come into a more relaxed state so literally bringing it out of that sympathetic nervous system fight or flight work 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 the kids food drive stop go (laughs) right Mm -hmm. bringing it out of that sympathetic nervous system bringing you into parasympathetic rest digest breathe sleep Um, allowing your body to come into that mode and then allowing me to move you through the stretches while focusing on breathing and relaxing the body helps us tap into that deep fascial tissue and release some of that pent up energy, right? And turn it into lengthening and oxygenating 
and moving through the range of motion to bring your body into we need to recover mode. And it takes about an hour. You can do 30 minutes, but an hour is honestly ideal for most people. Um, But in extreme cases with autoimmune disease, you know, an hour might not be ideal, right? Maybe start with 30 minutes just until your already stressed body gets used to something new, which even though it's good for you, can, because it's new, feel like stress, right? So that's fascia stretch therapy if I explained it really long, but I hope thoroughly that. No, yeah, I get it. And and I think, how did you ever learn that? I mean, where did you learn about that? I was working in Burlington at the time and I was meeting lots of clients and Burlington, it's close to, you know, Oakville, you know, the GTA where it's like type A personalities, everyone has anxiety, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's on medication, everyone's a CEO, everyone, you know what I mean? Like it's just a different breed of people. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're working all day, the phone goes off, they're playing racket now. Phone goes back on, they're back to work all the way back home. You know what I mean? Like just type A personalities and their bodies were full of stress and full of pain and working out with them. Um, you can't just start, okay, we're going to jump and we're going to sprint and we're going to, no, like people are broken, right? I was working with a physiotherapist who also was there and a lot of my clients were, you know, working between the two of us, right? So he was teaching me a lot about um, manual therapies and manual manipulations to help people move better, right? And he, he, told me about fascial stress therapy and said it would be a nice addition since you're already kind of learning some physiotherapy things from me. It would be great if you learned this because this would help me too. And then we can work better together to put people literally back together Mm. right? after years of whatever they've been doing to their bodies, pounding away, right? So the two came together really, really well. And then it ended up being less personal training, more exercise therapy, like let's rebuild you, you know? I love that. I love the sound of that. That sounds incredible. I, well, I, I think, you know, a lot of people, that's what they need. And, and I can relate to that. Totally. I can relate to holding pain in my body and holding stress in my body for years and years and years. And people don't realize that's what it is. So you are now a rural entrepreneur. What particular challenges have you had being in a rural community? Being... Uh a woman entrepreneur in a rural community and being a woman of color entrepreneur in a rural community. (laughs) Yes. People in the rural community, they all know each other. Everybody knows each other. So when they hear your name, they want to know who you're related to, how, you know, they might kind of know you or be connected to you in the community. And I don't have any of those. (laughs) So it was really hard to start um, because nobody knew my name. And then you hear the names of the fitness people in the area that everybody knows because their mother, their father, their uncle, their cousins, like literally everyone knows each other. And, oh, well, you know, his brother, his cousin helped me find a house, his brother's cousin, you know, so they all like, (laughs) they all know each other. And I had none of those connections. So it's really hard. Um, so I'm really glad like things like this, people like you are reaching out and like helping me get more connected into the community because that's, that's the hardest part is not being a part of the, the fabric that's already here. And what about being a woman entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, see, I think that too, because 
what you're saying, like the evolving of time, right? And um, people being more mindful and women being more comfortable with uh, talking about, you know, their, their bodies. And because of what I'm doing, it seems like everything is evolving together. So women are talking more about what they need to talk about and, and um, they're more supportive of each other. And they're more aware of the fact that you need to be more supportive of each other. Um, so I think with the evolving of time, that hasn't been an issue. I think it's almost been an advantage, <laughs> you know, that everyone's thinking about each other now. And what about being yeah. a woman of color in a rural community? Same, I think. Um, everyone's more evolved and more thoughtful and thinking of all of those things. And I've never had to worry about that. I'm really glad. Maybe it's because I'm Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> but I think this this time too, um, everyone's more mindful and aware and thinking of each other, you know? Um, and I think it's turning out to be an advantage to be female and minority and on the minds of everybody right now. <laughs> it's really it's really helping, honestly. Maybe I'm just lucky. I'm not sure, but I feel like I've always felt like that wasn't that was a moot issue. It was just, can you help me? You look fit. Can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, how did you end up working with athletes? You were working with like hockey teams and yeah. So how did you end up doing that? Back to the big gyms. The first gym I was at had a peak performance training center. So they worked with athletes like mm. um that was where the Windsor Spitfires trained. So when they needed personal trainers, you're just a minion. You're one of like 10 trainers, <laughs> right? They have a head trainer. But getting into that, you're dealing with injuries and then you're dealing with extreme sports and then you're dealing with um, just making sure people don't get injured, right? Their bodies are constantly under stress, a different kind of stress, but a lot of the same injuries, you know, like MCL, ACL, low back, right? Shoulder, like neck, <laughs> you know, things that non-athletes get as well. Um, so it started there. And then after that, I just, once you get into performance centers with athletes, then, you know, it's easy to get into another one. So, <laughs> so it kind of um, evolved for a while that way. And then you just get to work with um, physiotherapists, athletic therapists, chiros, like it, they have, they have a team of people taking care of them. And when you see, how athletes get treated, like how much prevention there is because they're making money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, they are the money. You just realize how much the lay person doesn't get, but still needs, but wouldn't know about. So trying to open up some of that to the average person when I started getting into more um, non-athletes and seeing how injured they were too and how they didn't know how important going to physio was after an injury. Like, doesn't matter if the doctor said it was nothing. <laughs> you should still go to physio, you know, and see if there's something that physio can do to help you. And usually there is. It's always some kind of tendon or muscle or something that was torn or strained, right? And then it makes all of your movements different and all of your muscles compensate. And you don't realize how imbalanced you are until... You see a physiotherapist. Everyone, everyone should have a physiotherapist just to even check in and see how well or unwell their body is functioning. So it can kind of open their eyes to what could be a problem down the road, right? Um, you wouldn't realize it. Not being able to touch your toes can lead to a lot of issues. 
Yeah. Well, that's really good advice. I was going to ask if there is one thing that you can say to someone who's listening and they're, you know, maybe on a, on a long drive and they're listening in their car or they're, you know, busy, busy at home and they have pain, pain in their hip. They really want to take the first steps to get fit, but they don't know how and where to start. First things first, move a little bit every day right? So many of the issues that I see are related to muscle dysfunction and movement issues because they're not moving, right? Mm. Um, And you don't have to do anything huge. You you can be lying on your floor and just moving your hips back and forth, right? On your back, right? Like just hip Mm. movement is huge for people driving in their cars every day. The hips get so tight, right? Um, Adding even just a few stretches every day makes a huge difference. I can tell you a story. I get my car fixed in town all the time. And one of the guys that works in a dealership, he's a service guy. He knows who he is. Great. (laughs) I talk to him all the time and he'd always talk about his pain and he'd say, I'm 55 now. I'm just getting old. And I'm like, that's not old. That's young. Okay. You need to talk to a real old person. (laughs) That's not old. You're still young. Your pain is, you know, something you could turn around. And he was a mechanic for years on his feet, like working over a car all the time, had hip pain, back pain, right? All the time that he was like on uh, pain pills like every day to go to work. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I met him. I finally nagged him until he started stretching with me. And we literally did one stretch and he felt so much better. <laughs> I told him to drink water that day and the day before, which he never does. <laughs> And then come and stretch with me. And he said his pain was so much better. So then I just gave him a little stretch routine. He started doing push-ups in the morning. And he's like 40 years old now. He, he feels like he's 100 bucks now. Oh, <laughs> you know? that's like so he great. He feels so, so much better. And I haven't seen him. Like, he feels good. So I'm glad. But it was so small. It was just stretch a little, drink water, move a little every day. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share with folks today? I'm opening my own studio. It's been delayed thanks to all the government lockdowns and then all of the um, the inability to get supplies. But <laughs> it's opening the end of this month. Um, it's in town, yep, on Birch Street in Woodstock. It's private studio, so one-on-one training only. I'm with me. Exercise therapy and fast stretch therapy out of that location. Boot camp starts in July. Selena, I could talk to you for probably another hour, but I really appreciate <laughs> your time today and uh, what you're doing is very inspiring. And I wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by Imagine Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Temp Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, 
and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 